Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Evening everyone, great to be here tonight on Vision Sunday and dive into Matthew's Gospel with you. I'm Michael, one of the pastors here. Welcome if you're new as well, uh, great to have you amongst us, love to meet you after our gathering tonight. Uh, why don't we commit ourselves to pray and uh, ask God to help us as we listen to his voice tonight. Um, let's do it together. Our great Heavenly Father, we pray now that you'll uh, clear our minds and our hearts, help us to focus on your words, uh, even Lord as we listen to the words of Jesus, uh, we pray that we'd take them to heart, we'd hear his heart, his passion, his compassion for a lost world. Lord, help us to get your vision, your goal uh, for your world. Uh, we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, here's, here's a question for you. Uh, if you had all the resources and all the power in the world, what would you do with it? All the resources, all the power in the world, what would you do with it? Uh, it's a bit of a dangerous question, isn't it? I think I'm asking you... If you were God, what would you do? What would you do with the world? It kind of presses into what do you think is important? What do you think is the biggest need that's facing our world? Um, I'm going to assume and take the benefit of the doubt that you're, you're not going to use that power selfishly. Uh, plenty of people have, haven't they, who don't have all the power and don't have all the resources, but have a lot and have used it for their own gain. But assuming that you want to do the greatest good for the most number of people, what would you do? How would you, how would you go about it? Uh, because isn't there a massive amount of needs in the world? Have you noticed this? Just think about it for a minute. Uh, there are 56,000 registered charities in our country alone. Um, I reckon I face it every time someone comes to my door and asks me to support this cause. And I very rarely say, that's not a good cause. Most of the time I'm thinking, that is a great cause. You've actually introduced me to another need, but now I've got another problem. How am I going to work out which one I support? Because there's so many of them. It's not that they're bad causes, but I've got to work out which one am I going to commit to. All we're going to do tonight, as we look at, we're back into Matthew. Uh, we're going to flick back, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, two chapters, back to chapter 9. In fact, Flick with me to chapter 8. We'll learn Jesus' answer to that very question. So open your Bibles. Uh, flick back with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, it's the biography of Jesus' life. Um, if you're just exploring Christian things, if you've never read the, read the Bible, what a great place to start. Uh, you want to know Jesus, here's the place to read. What is he on about? Who is he? Right here, uh, even right here in chapter 8. Uh, work through with me just quickly as we go through chapter 8. What I want you to see is when Jesus walks into our world, he walks into a massively needy world. Uh, actually, not much has changed in 2,000 years. Have a look at all the needs he comes across and listen out for his response. I reckon it's costly compassion. That's how Jesus deals with the needs. See, at every turn... Someone is asking Jesus for healing. Uh, it's absolutely relentless in chapter 8. Have a look with me. Verse, verse 1, Jesus has just come down from the mountainside. 
And what's happened? Large crowds are following him. Uh, I reckon Jesus has come down from the mountain. He's just preached his heart out. I reckon he's like, I'm looking for rest. I'm looking for even sleep. Where's a quiet moment? And there are the people, crowds, wanting help from him. Uh, He's faced uh, off the bat with a man with leprosy. Then it's the centurion. He finally arrives halfway through the chapter at Peter's house, I reckon again, looking for a meal, looking for a sleep, and it's Peter's mother-in-law, who's desperately sick, who needs help. Uh, And the house is soon swamped by people wanting healing, and then there's demon-possessed people who want release from demons. And Jesus shows this incredible power to heal, an incredible heart of compassion for people who are needy. And then you see halfway through the chapter uh, from verse 18, Jesus crosses, decides we've got to cross over the lake, we've got to get into the boat. Have you ever wondered why Jesus always gets into boats? It, it's part of the mission, it's how you get to the next place, but it's, it's so often to get away from the crowds. The pressing cl- uh, crowds are upon him. And, and one, little, one young disciple says to him in verse 19, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Listen to what Jesus says. Foxes have dens, verse 19, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. This is a relentless mission. You don't know what you're asking. This is massive. Are you with me on this? As he speaks to the disciples. And then he's caught in that violent storm from verse 23, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And I remember as a kid when I first uh, heard about this story, I thought, This is about Jesus having faith, isn't it? Trust in God, which it absolutely is. But you read it in context, you realise Jesus is exhausted. He has gone through relentless um, healing after healing. And he, even in a storm, needs a sleep. Then he arrives on the other side, they're in the boat, the the, the storm comes down, he arrives on the other side of the lake. Who meets them? Two demon-possessed men who need help. Uh, Then he heals a a paralegic. Then he raises a dead girl. Then he heals a man who's blind. Then he heals a man who was mute. It is absolutely relentless. And that's just one chapter uh, or or, or two chapters of uh, Matthew's Gospel. Have a look with me of the summary of what Jesus has been up to. Chapter 9, verse 35 that Andy read out for us. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. That is a remarkable ministry. Jesus really is the real deal. There is is the man with enormous compassion, enormous power to heal, to to rescue people out of of their desperate situations. You could say he's the one-man hospital. Every disease, every illness is dealt with. Nothing is beyond Jesus' power. Even raising the dead is not too difficult for Jesus. And you can see why the crowds just keep coming, can't you? It actually points to the authenticity of Jesus' ministry. He really can heal. He really does care. And so a needy world comes running to him. Just as we're en route here, I reckon two things to notice. Notice Notice firstly how deeply Jesus cares about our broken world. Don't ever lose sight of the fact Jesus has an enormous heart for our broken world. That means he cares 
for you and your brokenness uh, and he cares for our world. But also I reckon notice off the back of that, if you're a disciple of Jesus, it's not an option to be compassionate, to feel the weight of a, of a needy world, uh, people who suffer, to be like Jesus is to be compassionate. But there is Jesus, enormous heart for those who suffer, and it comes at great personal cost to Jesus. He's exhausted. It's actually uh, going to be an ongoing cost to Jesus' ministry. All the way to the cross, we'll give up his life for the sins of the world. This mission is going to cost Jesus because he's so compassionate. But notice, I want you to notice what else Jesus does. And I want you to notice something even more significant. I want you to notice a compassion that runs even deeper in the heart of Jesus. And you actually need to turn back to chapter 4. So turn back to chapter 4, verse 23. This is, we've just looked at just after the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, have a look now at just before the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus, uh, there's another summary here where Matthew gives us the summary. Jesus, verse 23, went, in, went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. But notice this, verse 5, Uh, Chapter 5, verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, those needy people, what does he do? He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. You think, what could be more important than addressing the needs of these suffering people? Jesus decides to turn his mind to teaching, to teaching his disciples, to actually expanding the, what it means to be part of the kingdom to a, to a larger group of people as well. Matthew makes it even clearer, if you flick to now our passage tonight, uh, chapter 9, verse 36. Here's, here's the, the guts of Jesus' compassion uh, for the crowds. Verse 36, chapter 9. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, what does Jesus see when he looks out at the crowds? Of course he sees a broken world. He's filled with compassion. Why is he filled with compassion? Because he sees people who are harassed and helpless. People who are like sheep without a shepherd. He sees people for whom their leaders have failed them. People who need a good shepherd and their shepherds have failed them miserably. So thinking of that for for a moment, who is the Jew's um, shepherd and who is, by extension, every human's true shepherd? Uh, Who is the person that you need to really call your leader in life, your friend in life, your, your very life, your security, your guide, your protection? Who's going to be there? Well, if you're a Jew, in the Old Testament, it was very clear, it is only God who will take that place. Uh, It's the same for us as well, isn't it? It's only God who can take that place. But in the Old Testament, it was very clear that God is the shepherd of his people. 
remarkably, in God's grace and kindness, he entrusts that to under-shepherds, to, to kings and to leaders and judges and rulers, people like Mo- Moses and Joshua and King David and King Solomon. But did you hear in Ezekiel 34, God's heart aches that the leaders have let the people down, that they have been selfish, that they've actually abused the flock that they haven't loved God and haven't loved people. They haven't led God's people where they should have led them. And so Ezekiel 34, God says, there's coming a day where I will be their shepherd again. I reckon you see it all come together uh, in the Gospel of Matthew and all the Gospels. You see the religious leaders are those shepherds that should have loved God and loved people and, and led well, but let them down and abused the flock. And you see Jesus who says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. Uh, Life and life to the full is found in me. Come to me and you'll have rest. Have a look at this crowd uh, on the screen. Uh, This is a picture of people in poverty in South Africa. There's kind of, in one sense, nothing unusual about the photo, but it's actually a photo taken, I think it was taken halfway through last year in the midst of COVID-19. The article was about how the government's response to COVID-19 has exacerbated poverty in South Africa. Now, I want to ask you, if Jesus saw this crowd, how do you think he would respond? It's, it's with great compassion, isn't it? Uh, they need someone to care for them. They need, they've got physical needs, but their leaders have let them down. Um, Decades of corruption have made poverty worse. Bad leadership has made poverty worse. Well, here's another a crowd on the, on the screen. Uh, this is a picture of refugees fleeing Europe. Um, thousands of men and women and children are caught between Europe and the UK, some making that dangerous journey across the English Channel. Uh, tragically, uh, political part, like a football, yeah, in, in a political battle. Uh, pawns in a political uh, debate uh, where Europe doesn't want them, the UK doesn't want to have them. And it's, it's, I'm not suggesting it's a simple solution. These are complex issues. But what would Jesus say to those people when he sees that crowd? I reckon it's just a great reminder to us, never ever lose your compassion for people in need, real people, men, women, children in desperate need. But Matthew chapter 9, how does Jesus respond to the crowd? Uh, Jesus proclaims the good news of the kingdom. He actually welcomes people in to new life. Uh, He actually welcomes people into a kingdom where he is the king, and they are to acknowledge him as as their new king. He's actually offering them forgiveness. He's actually offering them restoration as a human being, reconciliation with God, a new start, life, eternal life. And if you've been been reading through Matthew's Gospel, have you noticed how it's open to such a broad group of people? So there are outcasts, there are people who are forgotten by society, there are the homeless, there are people that are are kind of um, branded as sinners... And Jesus says, come in, come and receive life. Jesus welcomes them. Well, here's here's another picture of a crowd. 
uh, I don't know whether you recognise this crowd. This is the Yours and Owls concert in Wollongong, 2019. I actually found it really hard to find pictures of crowds in 2019 because you're not allowed... I don't know whether you're allowed to be that close anymore, right? Um, this is, this is old, old stuff. This used to happen a few years ago. Um, but here's a question. How would Jesus respond to this crowd? And you've got to say, with compassion. They're, they're a very different group, aren't they? What's the difference between this group of people and the other group of people? This group of people don't look like they are in need, do they? It doesn't look obvious. Uh, they're not desperately lining up for food or um, shelter. They actually look like they're having a great time. But Jesus would say they are just as much in need as the people of South Africa, as the refugees in, the, in, in Europe. And I wonder whether you believe that, whether you believe there is great need in Wollongong. There's great need. There's many, many people who don't have a shepherd, who are in great need of Jesus. So I started by asking you tonight, if you had all the resources and power in the world, what would you do with it? Jesus had all the resources and all the power in the world. And what is at the centre of his mission? It's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. It's actually offering hope, forgiveness, new life, It's actually the mission that takes him all the way to the cross. It's actually the mission that he's involved us in. Uh, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of Jesus. Uh, That's our our vision here at Salt. Uh, It's our prayer. We want to see a flood of lifelong disciples uh, here in Wollongong and beyond. Uh, And it's really, really helpful for us as we kick off another year in 2022 to be crystal clear on this is the heartbeat of Jesus, this is the mission of Jesus, this is the vision of Jesus, and this is the mission and vision of us here at SALT. And I say it, it's really important to be clear because you could easily be distracted from that. Uh, there are so many pressing needs, there are so many good things that we could be doing. But here is the thing that Jesus is centering us on. Here is the unique thing that Christians do, that churches do, and that is under God, make disciples and so that's our hope that's our vision at salt and i I want you to recommit yourself to that again as you think about a new year and it is good to rethink for yourself is that your heartbeat is that your passion as you kick off another year Uh, because there is a there is a potential to drift i don't know whether you've noticed this this can happen uh in lots of good desires, it happens at the beginning of the year when you go, yep, I'm going to do this for the year, this is my goal, this is my vision. Um, companies, all kinds of people have vision. Slowly drift and you find yourself, I'm actually not as committed to that as I thought I was. Um, I don't know whether you've been reading uh, in our Salt Weekly, we've, we've, we're getting the help of Reach Australia this year uh, to help us as a church. How can we keep being focused on that mission of Jesus? Uh, and they're actually going to help us uh, get sharp on that, get better at that. And they're also helping me as lead pastor. So I've been involved in this process. I've been getting feedback. So I've thrown out some feedback for 5pm and, and, and 10am. Um, they even asked me to get feedback from my wife. Um, so I don't know, that's pretty intimidating, right? When you, They said, you've got to ask your wife, what are the three things 
uh, that she reckons is your problem. <laughs> okay? And so she wrote them down and I came home and there they were on the dining room table and I was like, I'm going to get to these quickly before anyone else reads it. Um, where are you losing focus? Where have you, you know, all those kind of things. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they are. But very, very helpful just to think, if that's your heart, that's your vision, if that's what you're saying, is that the reality? Is that reflected in your life? Really helpful process uh, to think through. So I want you to think about that tonight. But it's a bit like we keep talking about the rescue boat here at Salt. And when you look at a rescue boat, it's just crystal clear that boat's for mission. That's what it's designed for. That's what it's for. And so that's what we're doing. There it is. Uh, big, big thoughts, Jesus' compassion, the vision of making disciples. That's what we're on about here at Salt. Now, as you think about that, that is a huge vision, isn't it? That is a big mission, and that can feel overwhelming. And I reckon it's the same thing that Jesus must have felt uh, here in chapter 9. And what does it drive Jesus? Have a look at with me. What does it drive Jesus to do? Verse 37. It actually drives Jesus to pray and to call us to pray. Have a look. 37. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, Jesus sees there's massive need here. This is a huge vision I'm talking about. He's physically exhausted and he's not going to give in to despair or apathy. Uh, what, what, what he moves to is to ask, ask his heavenly father to pray that God would raise up workers. It's actually a very specific prayer, isn't it? Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, there is an important prayer for us to be praying at salt. It actually assumes a few things, doesn't it? It assumes that God works through people. Uh, Even Jesus recognises that here. Uh, Jesus sees there is overwhelming need. We need lots of people to be part of this. I'm going to ask the Father to send more workers. Um, That's his prayer. It assumes God's working through people. But it also assumes that the workers are few, that there's a scarcity of resources. That, you know, we would do so much more if we had more people, if we had more resource. Uh, Jesus felt that here uh, in chapter 9. The disciples must have felt that. Uh, And I reckon it's what we are feeling here at Seoul, isn't it? There's lots to do. There's lots we could be be doing. We need more workers uh, for the harvest. So how do you respond when there's not enough workers? Jesus says you need to pray. You need to ask God to raise up people for the harvest and so I want to ask you tonight is that where your heart goes does your compassion drive you to pray to pray that God would raise up people for the work of the gospel that's what Jesus is asking us to do and can I say praise God that God has been doing that at salt so if you're part of the ministry here at salt uh, if you look around, you see, wow, there's some great, as I do, great leaders, a great staff team. God has answered that prayer. Uh, but we need to keep asking. Keep asking God to raise up people for the work of making disciples. Will you commit to praying to that end? 
But notice also, lastly, what, is, what else does Jesus do? He, he prays and then he puts into action a plan, a very practical plan. He actually sends out 12 disciples. Uh, it's not that Jesus prays and then goes home and does nothing. He actually sends out a team that might be part of making disciples who might make disciples because we've got a lot of work to do. You know, I remember, uh, it's quite a few years ago now, but I remember the day I was working as a civil engineer after I finished my degree, before I, I uh, went into ministry. I remember the day that I had to say to my boss, I wanted to say to my boss, I'm leaving to do gospel ministry, to tra- start training for gospel ministry. Uh, I was at my desk and I, was, I had to go into his office. It was, felt really intimidating, have that conversation. Uh, and he was a Christian man. He was actually quite excited. I was heading off to college I was, I was doing MTS first, then college. But his colleague, who was also a lovely man, but thought differently. He said to me, he said to me, Michael, I've got no idea why you want to be a pastor, but I am determined to find out. It was just, an, it stuck in my, in my mind. And, and, you know, in loving kindness to him, I, I reckon it was that he didn't get the heartbeat of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. Surely it's, he's thinking, surely it's not worth doing. Why would you give up this job for that job? He didn't see the value in lost people finding Jesus as saviour, finding the shepherd. He hadn't yet been convicted. This is actually what God's doing in the world. And there's no job that's sacred that's worth holding on to if that's the job that God wants you to do. Now, what does that look like for all of us? Um, not all of us will leave our jobs, but some of us will. Some of us, that's the right thing as we think into the, I'm going to be part of this vision. But here's what I reckon it does mean for, for all of you. It's being a missionary in Wollongong. It's not thinking missionaries go overseas, which they do, but it's actually thinking, how can I play my part? How can I be intentional? How can I love my friends, my neighbours, and point them to the shepherd and speak of the shepherd that they need. How can I be on mission here in Wollongong, in the place that God's put me, amongst the friends, the work colleagues, the, the neighbourhood? I reckon that's what it means to capture the vision of Jesus. So let me summarise. Uh, do you feel the compassion of Jesus for a lost world? Uh, do you get it for our city, that it's not just the brokenness, it's actually they need a shepherd. It's actually bigger. Uh, and will you pray that God will keep raising up people here at Salt, uh, keep uh, raising up workers for the harvest, because God is at work and we need people to be part of that. And one step further, will you actually be one of those workers? Will you commit yourself again in 2022 to say, actually, I want to be part of that again. I want to orientate my life so that I'm part of the harvest, you know, contributing to the harvest. Maybe you're not yet a Christian. Maybe you're still working all these things out. Um, I reckon a good thing to think about is, who is this Jesus who captures people for a new vision? And think into 2022, how can I get to know this Jesus? What am I going to do? How am I going to respond uh, to Jesus? Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, We need people 
on board on the rescue boat. Now, one last thing to, th- to think into is I reckon as you think about that mission field, as you think about that vision and the needs, um, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed. It's very easy to feel uh, even disappointment that more people aren't involved. It's easy, easy to feel that if I commit to this, will I feel isolated? Uh, will I, you know, that's, that's the danger of feeling, actually, I'm going to burn out. And so one of the things we want to do at SALT is we actually want to be all on board with this vision. That's one of the thing, reasons why we take teams so seriously at SALT. We actually want to be doing it together, encouraging one another, using our gifts to be part of the vision. Not lone rangers, uh, not sole um, traders who... It's discouraging, uh, but people that work in teams together. Let me uh, share with you three things uh, that I reckon it means for us in 2022. And then I'm going to get the staff up to share some of the details of what we're going to do this year. Uh, I reckon the first one is really, really simple. And it's that we need to keep growing disciples. That's not new. We just need to keep doing well and keep getting better at making disciples, growing disciples in maturity and in number. So that means, you know, things like welcoming well, helping those who are not yet disciples become disciples of Jesus as we come out of COVID, as we commit ourselves again to Jesus' heartbeat, I reckon it's getting better and better at those central things as we grow here at SALT. But there's also some things that we need to do this year that will actually help us. We need to do them now, but they'll help us prepare for future growth uh, as we think about growing to a larger size church. Um, The first one is growing in our giving capacity. So I reckon... Uh, as we think about our financial giving, I reckon the start of the year, I, I, I find this for myself personally, it's just really good to rethink uh, my financial giving. Uh, you know, your circumstances might have changed. Um, how am I going with generously giving with what God, God has given me? Not, not just in my person and how I'm using my gifts, but even with, with my money. Uh, how can I make a difference uh, in my giving? Uh, because, uh, yeah, this year, uh, another, another year of a tight budget. Um, so come along to the AGM, you'll we'll think more into it. We've made some uh, changes to our staff team. So we've, we've dropped a few days amongst the pastors. So Andy's going down to four days. Jeff's going down to five days. So we're keeping it as trim as we possibly can. We'd love to have more people, more pastors. Uh, but that's, a, I think, a, a responsible, reasonable budget given the size of church we're at. Uh, Last year, we had a lot of government assistance and, um, yeah, it wasn't a normal year in lots of kind of ways. But all of that, all of our work relies on our generous giving here at SALT. Uh, Thinking again, how can I contribute to the work of this vision, uh, even with my money? Now, second thing to talk about is is, uh, we're going to make a step forward this year in next gen, so kids and youth. Um, so you would have heard me talk about this before. Uh, there, there's a growing ministry, uh, mainly around 10 a.m. church. Uh, lots of young kids were just stepping into youth ministry. Um, so as we think about the future, we actually need to be thinking about a staff position, part-time. I don't think we'll get to a full-time position in the near future, but a part-time position of leading this next-gen ministry, uh, kids and youth, uh, helping us think about, as a church, how can we disciple kids and youth to become mature disciples 
uh, in the years ahead. And so this year we're, um, we've got Fee working on the staff team. We're going to um, see if we can raise some money towards a three-year goal of making that a part-time position uh, for the future. So that's, a, that's another one that requires big vision, big heart, uh, compassion, generosity. Uh, and the other one, last one I'll talk to you about, is uh, our location or our building. Um, so we need to, this year we need to get serious about what are the options for us in terms of our next location at SALT. Uh, how can we have a location that will help us grow uh, for our two congregations? Um, we can't keep putting that off, actually, and we actually need to commit to that in term, terms of our finances as well. So uh, term four, so around October this year, we're going to be um, raising some money towards that goal uh, of our next uh, building. So exciting stuff, stretching stuff, big stuff. Um, and I want to just encourage you, how is your compassion? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to be a worker yourself as you think into Jesus' heartbeat of making disciples for another year? Andy's going to pray for us, and then we're going to hear from the staff team. Thanks, Andy. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, there's so many lost people in our world. There's so many lost people in our city, in Wollongong. Uh, But as we've seen in your word, uh, we thank you for the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus seeks and saves the lost, that he's the good shepherd. Uh, And so many people, so many people need to hear this gospel. So many people in in our city don't know you. They're lost. They're without a shepherd. And yet there's so few people to tell them, Lord. So we pray that you would send more workers into the harvest. We pray that we might be those workers. We pray that we, you'd be giving us a willingness to, to be a worker, to, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with our friends, with our family, those we work with, those that we know in Wollongong, our neighbours. We pray that we'd be sharing this good news with them. Uh, Give us a compassionate heart for our city. Uh, Compassion for those who don't know you, that we'd be urgently wanting to see them become your followers, Lord. To be saved by Jesus. We pray that you do that, Lord. We pray that you would uh, save many people. That you'd bring them back to yourself uh, we pray for thousands of people in our city to come to know you and be saved. Lord, please save many, whether that's through us or others. However you do it, Lord, we, we pray you might save many people uh, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to think we've kind of heard the big picture from Michael about what this year is going to look like. I thought it would be helpful to hear from some of the staff about some of the specifics for this year, um, and uh, there's some dates and things we might refer to, and different things. There's on a little handout uh, you can um, you can have a look at, uh, and there's um, there's going to be opportunities for some next steps and things that we as we go. Um, but I thought it'd be helpful to first up to, to get Michael back up and to hear from him. Yeah, I'm going to hear from you. you okay, you're going to hear from <laughs> me. Yep. Uh, so we're going to do a lightning round of interviews. So I thought we'd, we'd try and... We're going to see how we go. 
90 seconds. We're going to see if we can, how we go doing some 90 second interviews. Yeah. And and so, so, Andy, you are in charge of membership and magnification. Yep. Helping us in those areas. Yep. Tell us what are you excited about in 2022? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm excited about um, uh, so many things. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited about, uh, particularly excited about welcoming new people. We get lots of visitors walk, um, come along to Seoul, and it's, it's great. Uh, particularly out kind of as COVID seems to be kind of ending a little bit, um, we've seen that happen a bit more. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see that happen and to welcome new people as they yeah. come to Seoul. Now, what, what do you want to say to us about how we can help with that welcoming sure, sure. culture? Well, I reckon as a church, I think we're pretty good at this. I think we're, we're pretty good at welcoming, but it's always something we can get better at. And so I'd love to do one thing in three ways. Um, try and have three chats with people after church. Chat with someone you haven't met before, you've never met. Um, it's their, maybe their first time, their tenth time, you just haven't had a chat to them yet and said day. So try and, chat to some, try and meet someone new, someone you haven't talked to. Try and chat to someone you haven't spoken to for a while. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe that'd be, that'd be a good thing to do. Uh, and then thirdly, chat to your friends or your mates or someone that you've, you to talk to kind of regularly. So sometimes we can jump straight to the third one. We chat to the person we know really well. Good to chat to someone you... Meet someone new, chat to someone you haven't spoken to for a while, and then chat to your Fantastic. friends. We've got 20 seconds left. Lots of people come each week new. Yeah. Um, what kind of people come to Salt? Uh, all kinds of people, um, people, whoever's in this room. Um, but um, we get, uh, you know, someone pe- moving into the area looking for a church. Some people never haven't been to church for years looking for a church. Some people have never been to church their whole life. And for five years, they're gearing up, ready to go to church, and they come along, and we want to love them and welcome them and show them the compassion that Jesus showed us. Thank you. <laughs> Good one, Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> all right, there we go. So that's, that's welcoming. Um, uh, Jeff. Let's hear from you. How are you going? Hey, good. This doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. Um, now hey, you, Jeff, I'm really good. Uh, you head up, uh, help us think about serving, heading up ministry. Uh, tell us, what are you excited about for this year? Ready, go. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, what Michael was saying, that God works through workers. He uses people. So with the help of Reach Australia and just our own thinking as well, we've been trying to think, how do we work smarter as a church? How do we streamline what it is that we're doing? Because we've got limited resources amongst us, limited time and energy we can pour into this. We don't want to leave anybody behind. We don't want anybody to burn out in serving Jesus. How do we work smart? Uh, so there's a few things in the pipeline. Uh, we're streamlining some of our things. We're changing some of our things. Uh, we're soon to change host teams. So host teams will no longer exist before too long. Uh, we're starting this Sunday crew ministry, which is kind of like the stage crew for a show or a festival, helping behind the scenes to make our gatherings happen. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we're putting resources into the, the best places to see us grow as a church, both growing as Christians and growing in number as we welcome more people around us to come in. Cool. Um, and uh, for those of us who think we might be able to serve more or serve differently, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so we have serving convos. So we basically sit down with you, have a chat. It's like a no-pressure convo about where you could possibly serve, what the options are. There's like 50 different ways you could serve. So we try and help you reduce that list to the two or three that actually work for you and your interests and abilities. Um, so you'll see a form soon where you can tick that. But yeah, we'd love to kind of have a chat like that with everyone at Salt Church. I think that'd be a great thing to help you work out, how do I serve in a place that's good for Salt, but also good for me? Because one of the main reasons we serve is for our growth and good as disciples of Jesus. The end. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. That's good. Yeah, there's lots of good things we'd like to do, uh, but 
we can't do because. But if we have more people helping out, that'd be great. There's lots of exciting things. Um, cool. Well, Janet, hello. Um, hello. 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 Off? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not staff, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So um, uh, we've got about a hundred kids at Salt, and most of them are ten or under, but a growing number of youth. And so I was keen to get you up. You've just started. You've just started doing half a day a week, uh, helping with our youth. Yeah. Tell us what are you excited about that? Yeah, I guess I'm excited. I was able to sacrifice a bit of work time and money to be able to think about how we interact with our youth, love our youth and disciple them. So super keen for that. We're starting a weekly brekkie group before the 10am service to help disciple them and have fun with them and build relationships, but also to help train them into leading at the 10am service as well. Mm. So that's what yeah, that that's good. Like. And that's brand new. That's first time this yeah, morning. Yeah, we decided on Wednesday to give it a crack. <laughs> okay. Had some convos and they went through and God's just opening doors and we'll start in two weeks. Yeah, awesome. So, hectic. But if you would love to help us, we would love your help. If you don't feel gifted at youth, we would still love your help because starting new things, there's always going to be... Things that I won't be able to do behind or the, the other scenes, team. kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Cool. 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 That. Yeah, um, that's good. And I'm sure if you're interested in kids, also part of Next Gen, Fiona is around and would love to chat to you about how you can help serve on that as well. Sunday morning. Yeah. Fees yeah. in the parents' room at the moment. Um, but, Stoked uh, that I gave her a plug. <laughs> she's around. Uh, chat to Fee if you're keen to find out more. Chat to Janet if you, we'd love yeah, to. For sure. Uh, the youth are super excited. So if you're keen on youth stuff or just want to have a bit more of a chat, chat to Janet. Yeah. That'd be really for good. For sure. Easy. Thanks, Janet. Go on. Uh, Michael, jump up. We, um, last thing for you. You talked a bit about mission. Uh, you're helping us as a church think about mission and some of that kind of stuff particularly. But what are you thinking about mission? Uh, what are you excited about for this year? Yeah, big, big thing for mission this year, a big change. You notice we, did, we didn't do summer nights. We're moving summer nights to spring, not spring nights. We call it Salt Fest. Um, so 5th to 9th of October as a platform uh, to make new disciples, as to reach out in our community. So I reckon that's a better time of the year to connect with people in Wollongong. So super keen for you to put that in, in your diaries, nail that, say, well, I want to be part of that. That's, that's going to be our platform for, for reaching out mission this year. Great. And that's Saltfest is one of the dates on there, 5th to the 9th of October. Yep. So put you... talking about dates... Yeah, sure. <laughs> Good summer. Uh, is, uh, we really want you to commit to these things that are on that sheet there. So that QR code will take you to a calendar... Uh, however you use calendars, everyone's different. Uh, or you maybe just want to plonk that piece of paper on your fridge. Um, things like Grow, our AGM, our Salt Away, our Salt Stay this year, um, Salt Fest in October. Want you to commit to it, want you to make space for it. So that's what that's for. Um, so make, make use of that calendar. Yeah. I'm excited about calendars. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but uh, particularly the 11th of March, we've got Grow AGM. That's going to be a big one. Make yep. sure people come along to that. That's going to be good. And we'll touch a bit more about some of the stuff we've talked about tonight. Um, that's good. Anything else you want to say? No, it's all good. Make okay. disciples. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Michael. All right. We've heard some big things. We've heard what Jesus is on about. 
that he's on about seeking and saving the lost. He's on about bringing people back to himself. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Made Alive, and one of the lines here says, You have brought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and your relentless love. I'm made alive forever with you. It's by your grace I'm saved. We were lost, but Jesus saved us. He's brought us back, and we're made alive through what Jesus has done. Uh, so let's stand, let's sing, and let's celebrate that together. Let's do that.